Hello, everyone. Uh, on Facebook, uh, on my, my Facebook page, on our podcast Facebook page, and on YouTube. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Um, nice to see all of you again, and welcome to On the Inside podcast. Uh, this is where myself and Nico and Emery come together. We're going to discuss a few emotions, I suppose, over the next few weeks. And um, the topic we are going to talk about in our second episode uh, is self-love, right? Um, Nico, you want to say hi to everyone? Yeah, hello, everyone. Um, what I want to say about me, as for those of you who haven't watched the first uh, episode, uh, so I'm based in, fr I'm based in France, um, um, and then I, um, I teach meditation and I provide um, inner guidance to people who are, let's say, spiritual but not religious. So that's my background. And I also have a background in psychology research. Yeah, so I'll tap on that also in those conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm a clinical psychologist. I feel like I repeated this in like all of your shows, Sean. So um, yeah, and I, and I help people find themselves, um, you know, find different ways to make their lives better. I mean, it's really hard to summarize what I do in a nutshell. So yeah, not, especially not at 11 p.m., right? <laughs> so yeah, it's nice to have everyone join us for our little chat today. Yeah, and I think the three of us are largely in the helping profession. And uh, as we try to, to enrich another person's life, uh, through our own expertise and our work. Um, it's in, especially important that we put a little bit of focus on ourselves, right? Because there's this tendency that we always want to help people, but we forget about taking care of ourselves. Um, and that's where this, this topic of self-love actually comes in, right? So I'm going to ask the clinical psychologist first. Uh, <laughs> so uh, when you think of self-love, right? Like what actually comes to your mind? And I mean, it doesn't have to be a formal definition, but you know, what comes to your mind when you think of self-love? Right. I mean, it's so basic, but I think it's such a big thing as well uh, in today's climate, especially. And I think when you think about self-love, you think about self-compassion, you think about self-care. I think a lot of times we use these, we use these terms interchangeably and, you know, it's so important in our health and profession because we, you know, I think we're not careful. Sometimes um, we neglect ourselves, you know, in, in a bit to serve others um, in, in order to help more people. You know, I think it's so easy to get um, burnt out in the process if we don't put enough um, time and effort to, to actually practice self-care. Yeah. So that's um, how I see self-love. Mm -hmm. Nicole, what, what comes to your mind when you think of self-love or self-care? Yeah, so in the, um, I suppose in the spiritual traditions, so there's some of the, some people say, well, you know, there's this, this kind of goal to cultivate like maybe love and compassion for like everything around us, like, you know, our friends, our family, um, animals, nature you know so extending the, so for a lot of people people see that kind of like spiritual development i suppose as being about <clears throat> you know extending that capacity for inclusion caring 
um, and love to all the things around us. But I feel that um, uh, that compassion or love really is incomplete if it doesn't include ourselves as well. Because um, we're par part of the world as much as, you know, everything that's outside. And so there's a um, need, I think, for a genuine kind of development, like even spiritual or personal development, to include ourselves as much as others in um, in our ability to care, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Actually, I the, the way that I, I think about self-love is pretty simple, right? Just taking care of myself, uh, making sure that yeah. I can last the long run. And I mean, I, I think of it in terms of why it's important to me. And, you know, sometimes we always say you take care of yourself before you take care of others. And I feel mm -hmm. like if I want to take care of someone else, it's important that I do things that make sure I'm in the best possible shape and the best possible condition to do that. And of course, you want to prevent things like burnout and exhaustion. Um, have you guys experienced burnout before like in your in your careers? Of course. <laughs> what was it like? Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just really, it felt really difficult because, I mean, you know, in, in our work, it's so important to show up 100% and be fully present. And when you're burned out, sometimes it creeps up on you. You don't even realize until you actually, you know, are in it. Mm. And you feel so bad that you can't be 100%. Right. You're you're not just burned out, but you feel guilty about being burned out. And as a result, it's even harder to take that pause. So it's so important to recognize, you know, the signs before you get there. And yeah, to you know, to really run the, the mile, you know, you really have to fuel up. You have to have little pit stops in order to go for a longer journey. So yeah, definitely, you know, it's it's so uh, prevalent in our profession. Mm -hmm. Nico, ever burned out before? Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, I have. Um, I mean, I've done a PhD, so there's plenty of opportunities <laughs> to burn out <laughs> throughout the PhD. Um, for those who does, who, yeah, for those who don't know, I mean, who have no experience, who don't know anyone who've been through that, yeah, that's pretty, de pretty demanding. Thing takes up a lot of your time, just because I mean, you're just you're just very interested in it, and you're very invested, and you care a lot, very you know, much engaged. So um, uh, it's pretty easy for your life to kind of become all centered around your PhD with no space, even for like, you know, close friends and everything. So it just takes up so much of your life. And so if it does take up so much of uh, your life, then um, there's even less space for yourself. I think when there's no space for your friends, that there won't be really space for yourself. Isn't that the consequence of being very <clears throat> focused on something and isn't focus a good thing? Yeah, so for me, um, yeah, so my experience was that for me personally, that was really having that uh, sense of uh, single goal I wanted to achieve. And so I really put like all my, um, uh, yeah, all my juices, all my excitement into that one goal. And so, and it's also as a lot of rewarding aspects, like that's, that's where the trap is. I mean, you know, you, you do a work that you find rewarding. That's also something that's that's true in helping professions. I mean, it's rewarding to help people. And so often I noticed, I mean, for me, it was that rewarding aspect that was also the trap, meaning you 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 put in efforts and you put no limit on the efforts you put in, and then you get reward in proportion 
but then you forget yourself in the process. And because and, the issue is like, there's really not much immediate reward in caring for yourself. I totally <laughs> you know? agree. I totally we really agree. very much focus, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we really much focus on external rewards as opposed to things that, you know, uh, should be coming from, but I don't know why it's a good question. Actually. Why are there so little rewards for caring for ourselves? Well, I mean, you just, you just said case, that, right? right? You said a keyword, passion. And I think, you know, we're all very passionate in what we do. And sometimes in singularly pursuing that passion with that focus and drive, you know, it's, it's almost like um, nothing else quite matters. And we forget that we, we actually do matter as well because all our mm. attention is really on that, that one pursuit to, to really, you know, follow that, that passion and drive. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like, for me, it's, I know that it's tough. I know that, you know, especially when you're on a project, there are going to be plenty of sleepless nights. But one of the things that, that I feel kind of drives me is, it's a bit of FOMO, right? It's a bit of regret. Like I, I always tell myself that I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of, you know, whatever I have right now, health or, or love or care for myself, sleep a little bit less because in five years down the road or 10 years down the road, I don't really want to look back and say like, I didn't try hard enough. Right? And it's, mm. it's always this balance where, you know, it's the, you always mm. tell ourselves, right? There, there has to be a, there is a sacrifice to achieve something. And especially if we are in entrepreneurship and you start your own businesses, there has to be a sacrifice, right? And that's where you kind of lose sight of self-love and self-care. Mm. Sleeping is now secondary, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so then I'm wondering that there is there the sense that if you know if you feel like you're not sacrificing enough, like it could be the case that maybe if you'd spend time for self-care, you you have that sense that you're failing somehow. That's why you it's when you're not. You might not be doing it as much as you should. Meaning like, my idea being like, oh, if I'm thinking like, you know, two hours off like in my day because I feel tired, you know, instead of like work, working harder, like there's this kind of voice that says, oh, you're going to be failing. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Like you a know, sense yeah. of guilt. Uh, others are catching up. This kind of pressure to, you know, of not doing enough. Mm -hmm. that of, you know what I mean? I don't know. Part, part of it is you ask yourself, right? In terms of being productive, in terms of <clears throat> having to be able to move at speed. Uh, in that time that I take to chill and relax, what else could I have got, got done? Like, could I have mm. cleared a whole chunk of admin that I absolutely hate to do, but I got to do it anyway? Um, or could I have gain a little bit more insight in whatever field of work I'm trying to pursue. Mm. Right? And it feels like a, it feels like you have to give up something mm. in order to, to gain that productivity. And when you ask, you know, what is in your control to give up at this point, then that just seems to be self-love or self-care. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you, know, Emily, I, I you, you, this, you do a lot I, of yeah. that, right? Yeah. yeah I, I hear this so much from my clients, right? <laughs> kids, teenagers, you know, adults. And oftentimes uh, there is this sense that, you know, I should be doing something. I should be productive, right? Self-care is frivolous. Self-love is frivolous. You know, in the two hours I take for a nap, I could have, you know, done like two more things on my checklist, right? And mm -hmm. then they beat themselves up for actually taking a break. And then I also hear from a lot of people this idea that self-love is selfish, you know, you shouldn't be taking care of yourself because it's a bad thing. And 
you know, it, there's so many sort of unhelpful beliefs surrounding this idea of self-care. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, uh, I, before we carry on, I just want to take this time to uh, thank the eight people who are watching us right now. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's, it's so nice to see all of you. Uh, Justin says, hi from Facebook. Hello, Justin. Uh, worked with Justin on a project before. And Raymond is a fellow healthcare professional. Um, and he says the four burners theory. What is the four burners theory? Anyone's familiar? No. Nope. Nope. Uh, Raymond, why not? You want to come and tell us what the yeah, bonus theory uh, is about, uh, and we, we're going to carry on, right? I mean, just now Emery mentioned that self-love is uh, selfish. Uh, what does that actually mean, right? It's why would it be considered selfish? So, so Emery didn't say that self-love is selfish, <laughs> right? Self-love is definitely not selfish. Okay, um, but a lot of people seem to believe that, you know, it's synonymous with being selfish, right? Taking care of yourself is very self-centered. It's not a good thing, right? And there is a lot of guilt um, surrounding this idea of taking care of yourself first, right? Because they probably, you know, in their whole lives have been putting others first. And so it's very uncomfortable for, uh, for these individuals to be having this idea of self-care. Um, and all the more we need to be sort of dispelling the myth, right? That, you know, self-care is selfish because really to help others, like Sean, like you said earlier, you need to fill up, you need to fill up your own tank so that you have more to give for the longer run. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about, about this thing, right? So, um, is there, has there been a point in time where you've felt like, yeah, like right now I need to do something for myself, right? Was there like a moment in time where you decided that, okay, you know, I've, I've worked hard. Yeah, but it's, it's enough, right? I want to do something else for myself. Anyone had that, that experience before? Um, <clears throat> I have, but I feel it's more, it's more in moments. Like for me, it really shows up in moments. Like for instance, if I've been working hard like throughout the week and then a number of things that just don't seem to go right one day. Like um, I remember one day I was, um, I, was, I, was, I was moving and I didn't realize, but I spent like a lot of energy in moving, um, you know, managing the move. So I had, a, I had a flatmate, but I was, you know, I felt like I was putting a lot of the weight um, and I just wasn't realizing it. And then the... I moved in, I set up my stuff, and I was so exhausted that I was, you know, things starting to, um, I was forgetting to plan things that, you know, I should have been planning. And then I remember the moments that was really striking for me was like, as I was unpacking things, I put a, like a, uh, a pottery that I really like one of the stuff I, I uh, one of the pieces of furniture, and then I knocked into it just because I was so exhausted, and I broke it, and it just oh, broke dear. my heart, and I was like, okay, so here we have a problem, <laughs> right? So it's like, but it was almost to so see how late, and I was, I look, I had a moment of pause. I was like, that makes no sense. Like, what, you know, it's just. I could have avoided it. It was just clearly exhaustion, the reason of it, and I was like, okay, so we need to slow down. Um, and then I took steps to take care of it. But that gives you a sense of like, at least for me, like the level of exhaustion I had to go through before I got some signals that there's an issue. 
So I don't know how common that is and whether, you know, no, I have strategies to check, check in regularly to make sense I don't get there. Mm -hmm. But in those moments, yeah, uh, those kind of wake up calls, that was a small one. I mean, people have, you know, probably got into, certainly got into much more serious issue because of exhaustion and, and burnout. Yeah. But I feel it's always small signals that we tend to ignore yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I think it, it's it's pretty similar for me, right? Like when I kind of realized that I need to do something for myself, um, a lot of my work is centered on helping other people, helping the community, helping our youth cope with mental health. But I think the first time I realized that taking care of myself is important is when I was working in the pharmacy, right? So um, for, for anyone who's been in healthcare or especially in pharmacy, you would know that the workload can be pretty crazy, you know, and... I think there was once where it was probably my experience of burnout, right? Like it's not so much a physical exhaustion, but just mentally you're not there. Um, and I, I feel so horrible when a patient comes to see me and they are so excited and they are more excited to see me than I am to see them. But yet I have a job to do, you know, um, and I genuinely care for them. I want to provide the best experience, but there's so much inertia. And I realized at some point in time, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I don't really want to go to work today. And that feels like crap, especially when one of the things that's very important to me is in any little way, trying to make a difference in someone's life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's only when things like that happen, then I realized that, okay, you know, I need to, to take a break. I need some kind of rest. Previously, when my first two, three years of my career, I was working on a squash academy with my coach. So what happened was in, in the pharmacy, it's a six day work week, right? Um, and every four weeks we have to work a, about 11, 12 hour shift on the Sunday. On the Sundays that I'm not working, I would go and coach the little kids on mm. squash. Yeah. And after two years, I realized that I've never actually taken a break for two years. And sometimes it's only when you stop that you realize how exhausted you are. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. And uh, yeah, so, so Emery, is there a time for you where you realize, suddenly realize the importance of self-love in your life? I think every day, every day <laughs> after work, it's important for me to take that pause. I mean, look, I haven't had a, a, a proper break for maybe more than a year now. Um, I work, well, maybe seven days a week, I would say. And if I'm lucky, I get half a day off, you know, where I could just recharge. And so I think this idea of, you know, self-care and self-love, you know, not beating myself up after a long day, you know, just really giving myself a pocket of time to just rest my mind, recharge. Um, it's so crucial for, for me to keep going. Yeah, so yeah. I would say, yeah, every every day would be you know, a signal to, yeah. to practice that. And and considering that you literally work like seven days a week, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, I know that you do go for, for some fitness sessions, one, two hours each time you try to take care mm -hmm. of yourself. Today, you haven't had your fitness session yet. Huh? <laughs> Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. Uh, but there's still time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe no, but after I mean, this. <clears throat> after, <laughs> I'm, when, when you think of your workload, uh, do you find that half a day is actually enough for you? And, and of course, that leads on to the other question, how much is enough? 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there's a good answer to that. I mean, you know, I think it's just really, I mean, it's never going to be enough, right? We always want more rest, right? But for me, I think it's, you know, it's important to have these little breaks to recharge me. Um, I mean, what I could say is that without these little pockets, I will not be able to function for, for this long. Um, and one of the hardest lessons I, I learned in, in this whole process of having my own practice is, you know, really having to set boundaries. And and actually, I'm very lucky because I have friends who help me keep that um, sort of in check. So every time, you know, I'm like, you know, should I just maybe bend over backwards, do a little bit more? I have really good, fierce, protective friends who would go, no. And then I'll be like, okay, all right. I guess they're right. I should just really take a bit of a break. So so those little things help. Mm. All right. Uh, one of the things you mentioned that was critical is, is setting boundaries, right? Because boundaries, setting boundaries is one of the best ways to, to take care of yourself. Um, Nicole, do you, have you had like, the experience of having to set boundaries? I'm, I have, but I tend to do it like, <clears throat> I think there's many different strategies to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. And and often I'm, to give you a bit of a context, so, so I was in, um, in academia and, and typically people do things a bit differently sometimes in academia. And so if you send an email to someone asking for help or asking for, you know, a favor and you're not getting a reply within a week, it's a no. <laughs> so, and I think that's a good strategy because I think it's, it's, a, it's an area where people tend to work a lot first. I mean, there's a lot of work and, and, um, and, uh, and people get that, um, there's this kind of system where you're like, okay, I get it. Like it's, it's, it's busy. And, and, um, and so you don't actually have to uh, go up to the person, have a whole conversation about why you won't be doing it. And you can, if you want to, sometimes with someone, you know, you, you really owe someone to something to, and, and you, know, you just cannot kind of do it at that time. Mm -hmm. But so there's this kind of like, um, uh, I suppose, more passive way of setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, yeah. So I tend to, I, I tend to use that, that strategy sometimes, or sometimes I just say, I just say no, but I think it's, it's, uh, well, what you mentioned that the thing that came up was that I think it's very it's not, not a natural thing to do for us. And that's something that I find always fascinating. Like to, to me, I mean, I think we humans are just basically designed for like self-sacrifice for the group. Like at least most of us, like the vast majority of us. And I think we have that thing programmed inside of us that we it's really the group first and 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 our needs really come second. And I think that's why it's so hard also to to set those boundaries because it's almost like a very deep-seated, almost like biological programmation um, that we have to um, really not prioritize our need at all um, with respect to, you know, our friends, you know, family and uh, work needs. And that, that takes a huge... Um, I feel like almost work on oneself to to learn how to do that. I mean, to me, it's a pro it's really like a long process. And it still is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Emery, uh, you have a lot of clients. You have a lot of clients who mm -hmm. who need you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they need your expertise. They need your care. Um, boundaries must be something that you 
try to set very commonly, very often? Yes, boundaries is something I struggle with because, <laughs> well, it's hard to say no, right? I mean, Nico, you know, just kind of also talked about that. And yeah, um, but at the same time, it's important and it's healthy to, to do that. And, you know, we want to model that for our clients as well. So it's an important practice um, that we need to keep um, sort of, you know, um, going with, right? And I mean, as you as you guys were talking earlier, I was just thinking about, you know, how self-love goes beyond just self-care, right? Um, self-love also, I, I think there is also a dimension of, you know, really being accepting or okay with um, ourselves when we mess up. Right. And I mean, it's, it's this idea of self-acceptance as well and to be all embracing and, you know, um, give ourselves a bit of um, kindness. Right. Even when, you know, we had a bad day. Right. We made a bit of a mistake. Yeah. And so I think it, it really goes beyond this idea of just self-care and boundaries, but also one step further to kind of be good to ourselves, especially on a rough day. And when you think about being good to yourself, mm. um, do, you f- do you feel like we don't appreciate ourselves enough? I think as a collective, we could use, you know, a bit more help with appreciating ourselves. What does that mean? Individuals. Well, the thing is, I see a lot of people struggling with that. I think, you know, I see so many people like beating themselves up so easily. Right. And, you know, I think even though people don't really talk about it, um, there is often this sense of shame that we hold about ourselves in some way. Um, Shame might not be like, oh, you know, I'm so ashamed of myself. It wouldn't be so apparent like that, but it could be even things like, oh, you know, I feel embarrassed easily or I don't want to show you know this part of me because I'm afraid someone will reject it I'm afraid that people might think I'm a fraud or an imposter things like that yeah so I think Mm -hmm. yes we could all use a bit more self-appreciation as opposed to you know beating ourselves up so easily yeah as a collective we we tend to do that yes Nicole you agree yeah I agree um and I think, um, so you mentioned shame and that kind of like, you know, something that goes with that kind of worthlessness, mm-hmm. um, that sense that you need to be doing more to have the right to just maybe exist or be included in a group, like at your workplace, like that kind of like looming cloud of like, you know, I'm going to be rejected if I don't, you know, show up that much and so on. I think it's always kind of, kind of there. But I feel there's almost that sense of like, but this this to me needs to be included as well. In a sense, um, you still in the same, you still in in shame and um, in self judgment. If you wanna, if you judge the shame, <laughs> you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's because then you get in the endless loop, you know. Because oh, I feel sh- like I really suck because I wasn't able to set that boundary. Uh, I really, I shouldn't be like, you know, feel pressure to do that much work, mm. but you do, right? So you, you have to also 
care for the fact that um, uh, you, there, there's that shame. You cannot just have, you know, that kind of hate for your shame because it's really almost hating yourself. Mm. Um, and I think that I think that awareness is important. So it's, it's, that's why it's so challenging because we always, even when we feel we're on the way to healing, in the sense like, oh, I've, I've, I've done some work on myself. I know I experience shame. I know I experience worthlessness. And you're judging, and now you're judging worthlessness and shame. You're judging yourself for having shame and being worthless. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's always this like level where you have to work through. It's it's it, that's why it's so challenging and difficult as well. And we have to acknowledge that it's just it's just hard to work through. Those so things. so if you had to put your needs first, yeah. would you would you feel guilty about that? <clears throat> if I. I mean, I, I guess it depends on the situation, but but and I don't, I wouldn't feel a sense of guilt. It would just re, it would just register as as guilt. Um, but yeah, I might feel a sense of. Um, I mean, it really depends on the situation. You know, who's the person, and everything. But yeah, I might judge myself for not having done enough, or uh, you know. Um, especially, you know, when you see someone who might need your help and don't really have other resources and you just can't, like, you, you, you know, you have no more resources, you're just exhausted, there's nothing you can do, <laughs> you know, like for people who maybe been through really severe burnout, that those kind of experience where there's just, you cannot, you cannot lift a finger for, to help someone. It's just, you're, you're just going to drown if you do anything. And that's very hard to go through because you're like, you really want to help the person and then that's. And, and you might judge yourself for not being able to help. Yeah, um, and I think it's it's one of those yeah. things that we, you always come from the perspective of, of love. You're always coming from the perspective of wanting to help somebody else. Um, before we get to to some of the uh, comments, I'm mean, just throwing the question to Emery. Do you do you feel yeah, guilty if if you put your needs first? Of course, <laughs> you know me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you know, I think it, it's just like a like a bit of an automatic uh, reflex, uh, my emotional reflex, right? To kind of feel guilty. But of course, then you, you have to put a pause and go, okay, let's think about it logically. Is there anything I really need to feel really bad about? Or is this going to be for the greater good in the long run? Yeah, so this is kind of how I work through that very sort of reflex guilt I'll feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, what, what Nico said earlier, I mean, when we are talking about it, um, you know, this idea of acceptance, right? Emotional acceptance. I think it's a huge part of, of self-love. I think, um, you know, just kind of going on a bit of a tangent, sometimes there is this huge pressure for all of us to, to feel like we should be happy, we should be positive about ourselves, right? Uh, like when we think about, you know, this, this idea of body positivity, we have to love our bodies you know, no matter how, how we feel that day or what sort of floor there is. Um, there is there's this sense of pressure, right, that comes with those concepts. And it could be quite, um, you know, I would say stressful for people to, to think about these concepts that way. Because when we think about love, you know, it's, it's actually with more ease, with more softness, with more acceptance that we sort of approach ourselves as opposed to we must, no matter how we... We present that they, we must love ourselves, and if we don't, you know, then something is wrong with us, right? Suddenly, that you know goes into opposition with what the I, you know, the premise uh, uh, should be at the start. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, let's 
Firstly, thank the everyone else who's still listening to us right now. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of our new podcast. That's really nice to have all of you join us. Uh, thanks for everyone who has left comments. Uh, Amit, Raymond, Gabriel, and, and Gabe actually has has comment, right? Gabe says, you're your worst critic. Um, it's always been that way. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it reminds me of the time when, you know, we were always when I was training very hard in, in the national team as a junior for squash, there was always this pressure to become better, right? And one of the things that uh, we were always taught to become better, how to become better is actually to watch yourself. Because when you, and the things that when you watch yourself, uh, you're very critical of everything you do. Oh, that's not right. Oh, that's not right. How come you, you move wrong here? How come you chose the wrong shot? Um, and, it sometimes takes another person to actually give you a different perspective and say, you're actually not that bad, right? In fact, you perform quite well. There are just a few things that you have to work on, right? Uh, you know, do, you, do you find that you're your worst critic, Nico? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, university and knowledge truth. <laughs> to be real. <laughs> So hard on ourselves. Um, um, uh, yeah, I think it's it's it's. Um, uh, but then again, yes, that's the case. I think that's the case. But I think it's not because. So there's the aspect whereby, sure. So it's us watching ourselves, and I think that's that's exactly the experience. I mean, it's really that that the thing of just constantly monitoring where we're at, like, how are we doing? And, oh, that sucked, you know. Um, and that, that's kind of like, that's, that's very tiring. But I feel the thing as well is that um, it's also not just us in the sense that those um, standards we use to judge ourselves, they come from somewhere. And often they come from outside. Um, and there are environments that can put into our head certain standards that just cannot be met or certain person that they can put into our heads standards that cannot be met and can never be met, you know, can never be met by anyone. And that we internalize as being really um, achievable when they are not. And, and, and use that to um, uh, guide our performance and, you know, our work when, when it just makes no sense. And I feel like when someone, as you said, comes out and, and is like, I think relax, I think you're really doing great. Like, just put, stop putting so much pressure on yourself. It works because, sure, some of that pressure comes from us, but also comes from outside. And and I think having someone from outside telling you you're doing fine, kind of like ease off some of that outside pressure. You you, you see what I mean? We kind of like somehow uh, internalize that pressure, not realizing that sometimes it's 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 outside. And I think, yeah, having that kind of like discordant voice from outside that say, no, you're doing fine, really helpful there, I feel. I find that to be very helpful, actually, uh, once in a while. Mm. Um, and and the, other, the other part of it, and admittedly, is I, I ask myself, and it's how you say it, it's like, oh, you're telling me that I'm doing okay. Uh, you're telling me to slow down. Is it because your standards are different from my standards? You know, uh, and... It's for me, it's like an 
internal debate, right? Because they, they share that from, from a very kind perspective and maybe they genuinely feel that way. Mm. But one of the things that like for me has brought me whatever little success I've had is, is always telling myself like never being satisfied. Mm. Right? There is always something better I can mm. do. There's always something more that I can achieve if, mm. if I have helped a few hundred students why can't I help another few hundred more? Right. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And it's really valid and normal. I think we all have that, like the need to really achieve. And also I feel we can ask that question, um, what's the risk? What risk is there in lowering our standards? Or just maybe not lowering, but even just trying to pause and just assess, like, are they too high? Because we don't do that easily, right? It's, 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 we feel so, there's something deeply threatening in trying to, like, Revaluate our standards and train because ultimately these are also the things that take up, make it hard to care for self. Hmm. Reevaluating your standards. What what's the thread? Why is it so hard for us to do it? For me, it's regret, right? Like I I'm, I'm worried that yeah. if I if I do a little bit less now, <clears throat> then. what would I be missing out on in the, you know, in terms of success in the future, whatever success means, mm. right. Or, or impact, for example. Mm. Right. And it's like, I'm um, the follow up question to that will is, is where will this ever end? Cause you want to have infinitely high impact, right? You want to just save everyone or, <laughs> you know, do yeah. the best possible, which is a totally valid, course right um but like I said, the worry the worry is that the moment you slow down the moment you lower your standards you you stop you stop trying you stop putting yourself in the position of being able to achieve what everyone else has not been able to achieve Right. And if you, if so, so, Sean, you're saying that slowing down, you know, seems to be quite synonymous with lowering your standards, right? It, feel, it feels that way, right? I mean, it's always, uh, now, I mean, I can take it in a different, pers slightly different perspective, mm -hmm. but this still work is still pretty intense, right? So, oh, you know, um, the difference between what I can do and what somebody else can do is because when they were resting, I did a little bit more work. Last time I became a better squash player because when everyone was resting, I was sprinting on the track and killing myself there. Mm. But when it came to the point where I had to perform, I performed. Mm. Right? Mm. That's, you see, that's, that's, that's the, mm. uh, the, maybe the challenge for me is because that's the way I've achieved whatever I've wanted to achieve, right? If I've run one extra hour a day, mm. in one month, I run 30 extra hours compared to you. Mm. In some way, I'll be better. But how so sustainable is that? Right? That's the problem, right? Yeah, at some mm. point, you you get exhausted. <laughs> okay, um, let let's answer I'm some of the comments, shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, hi, Shaifu. Ah, Shaifu says, mm, then it should be. What is your definition of your happiness? Let let's let's take that question. Um, what? What does happiness mean to you? Or, or maybe what are some things you do that 
make you feel happy and contented? Who wants to go first? This, 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 these a, are big questions, right? It's, it's really a small question. I, you know, this no, it's not. It's not small. I don't think no, it's a small question. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. I mean, um, I, I actually. A, okay, Nico, you want to go? You can go then. No, go ahead. I'll talk to Rod. <laughs> Emmy, I think that being happy and being contented are very different things, right? I, I see happiness as a very transient feeling, right? And I think there is a lot of pressure these days to be happy as if being sad is a bad thing. But at the end of the day, happy, sad, angry, fear, you know, like these different emotions, they're all transient. And being contented is a little bit deeper than just yeah. a transient feeling. I think it's a deeper sense of fulfillment. And, you know, you could get that, deep sense of fulfillment, even when your day is full of happiness, sadness, anger, fear, right? It's, it's a bit more stable, I would say, than just the transient feelings that or emotions you might experience across um, the course of a day. So being contented goes at a much deeper level than just being happy. I would, yeah. I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Nico, what do you think? Um, I'm not exactly sure what I think, um, but because um, I think I have, a, I think it really depends. Sorry, but it really depends on your definition of happiness. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think in a common, in our common way of looking at it, yes, I think I think there are different things. Um, but I'm wondering whether they're not somehow the same. So in the sense, like, what? because, okay, so to me, contentment is that sense, to me, contentment is almost not, it doesn't have to be dependent on what you do or what you achieve. Like, I feel you can be contented in any kind of, like, um, material circumstances, assuming you have, you know, the basics, um, needs covered. Yeah, regardless of of this yeah. variable. So it's more it's more that sense. It almost um, would come out of a sense of like, oh, it's just great to be here, be with you no know, in a place that you're okay with, be with the people you like, you like, you love, uh, and just almost for some people, it could just be as simple as just it's just nice to exist. Like there's really nothing I have to do to get in touch with the sense of like, it's okay. And it's, 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 there's pleasure in that. And it's, it's, you know, there's contentment in that. And I feel, I'm wondering whether sometimes the kind of things that, um, I don't know, like I'm wondering when you, when you chase a goal, when you're you know, trying to achieve something, whether we actually not going, not doing that. Sure. There's a high of like having a success for instance, mm -hmm. But then I've, after the high, which we might call happiness, for instance, I think it's contentment. And it's the sense that's like, I've done everything I had to do and it worked <laughs> out. But, or it but, didn't work just out. Kind of like, yeah, you get what I mean? But in a sense, like the fact that we've done everything we have to do and it worked out, kind of get the pressure we put ourselves out of the way. And then we see, oh, and we're content now. Mm -hmm. But actually contentness was there throughout. If we just had paused, 
and you know spend some time to focus on it. You, you, you get what I mean? There's that sense. It's like the fact that we're succeeding just allow us to rest, relax, pause, and enjoy the contentment. But if we could allow ourselves to do it at any time, uh, it would be easily accessible as well. Maybe. I was looking at the definition of content uh, on Google, uh, and it says, in a state of peaceful happiness. Would you say that if you're content, you're generally more peaceful? emotionally, psychologically, what do you think? To me, yeah, for, for me, it's that sense of like peace. Well, it's, I think it's a personal experience, but there's that sense of like peace, just, just, it's just relaxation. Like you can relax okay. in whatever is around you, whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. And, and you feel no pressure to do anything to make things different. Okay. Like you, you feel no pressure to be different yourself, to be better, to be, to me, that's what it is. Like, it's the sense of like deep relaxation. Okay. All right. I agree. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw you a question, Emery. This comes from one of the comments from Gabriel. Would you rather be happy or contented then? Um, I think contentment is a lot more, I would say, it would be less transient, mm -hmm. right? If I go with what I was talking about earlier, being happy is a bonus, right? I mean, who doesn't want to be happy? But then again, we don't need to, you know, strive um, for happiness every single moment or every single second, uh, because the pursuit of happiness can be quite, you know, again, like what I said earlier, pressurizing. And with this sense of, you know, contentment or peace, right, mm. underneath, you realize that, you know, um, regardless of what your experiences are, at the end of the day, you know, you're still okay with yourself, right? You're still cool with yourself. And, you know, you acknowledge that you have done your best, you're contented, yeah. right? It also makes you more able to deal with all the different emotions that, that come up for you in the day. Um, it makes you more resilient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So contentment is, I guess, a, maybe a better experience to, um, to, to have. It's one of those things that, might surface towards like at some point in time after a, a major event, for example, has happened or a major incident has happened, right? I, at, at the end of it, you might feel like crazily happy or crazily sad. And it's some time after that when things slow down a little bit that you look at it from a different perspective, you take a step back and you kind of look at it in a different way, right? That's that's where mm -hmm. I feel sometimes the content contentment actually happens. and. Um, that feeling seems to be the more lasting feeling for me. Mm-hmm. It kind of yeah. like when, when the when the dust settles, right? Like what's left, what's underneath um, of the the feelings. Yeah, yeah. Shifu yeah. uh, has a comment earlier, and he said, you know, um, it's good to slow down rather than speeding up and wrecking everything. Yep, right. Uh, Absolutely. Yep, and also another comment he says that different people have different builds and mental resilience, um, not all have the same anatomy and build. No one is perfect. Yeah. And I think it's pretty much true. No one is perfect. It's uh, maybe the difference between some people is they try like yeah, absolute best and do everything that they possibly can or cannot uh, to try to be that as perfect as they can be. 
Mm. Right, and, and mm. Nico. Yeah, yeah, and it's, so sorry, yeah, and but I was wondering because I was thinking about how. So there's this thing about around like happiness, and so it's a pursuit for a reason. Meaning, it's like it's driven. Um, you know, there's a goal to achieve, and you watch yourself, and you're monitoring yourself. And I feel like with con contentment, so there's a sense of a relaxation, but I feel that's also a skill. So I remember that story that someone told me who was um, training for competitive skiing in Switzerland. So it's someone who just had been on ski since like he was five, you know, so growing wow. up in Switzerland and everything. <clears throat> and so he, he had a very high level in skiing. And then so he did many competitions and he was like really on the verge of becoming one of the national champions and then he and then we had discussion and he and i asked him so and he said but i stopped because i realized i could never beat the best ones so i assumed that he felt he was technically not good enough and and he explained to me that no that was not the issue the issue is like we were at that level we all technically at the same level like there's no question you're not at that level if your technique is not basically perfect he said but the thing that those guys had that had I'd never managed to have. It's like, as they were competing, they weren't checking themselves. Like they weren't watching themselves. They were just in the flow. They were just going through the moves. And they, you know, they did, they wasn't, they weren't trying to perform. And they, they just had that trust that they could perform. Um, and he said, for me, I was always watching my technique, how I'm going to negotiate that turn, how I'm going to do that. And that's really what was holding back at that level of competition. Wow. And to me, that kind of skill of just like letting go and relaxing in the flow, that's yeah. what brings you to a place of contentment. And that's that's a skill, apparently, since, you know, uh, that's something you thought you was lacking. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gabe has a comment. He says, to me, being happy is having a very good meal once to experience the pleasure of really good food. Uh, being contented is knowing you will have three so-so meals a day, but it's okay. So people have different um, definitions of contentment. Yeah. Uh, and he says, could contentment be translated to giving up? Hmm. What do you no, think? No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, you know, it's quite different. Um, being content is, you know, I mean, this, this idea of peace is actually quite, neutral whereas this idea of giving up is it's almost like it's fueled by frustration um you know a sense of hopelessness pointlessness and fertility yeah so it's a bit different i would say mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i think it's um it, it depends really what you mean by giving up so of course when you hear giving up you're like yeah you're settling or you're giving up on your goals and so on but if you think about, th there's also an element of letting go, and I think most people would consider sometimes letting go to be, letting go to be a good thing. Yeah, so letting I go would be different. Those, yes. Right. Yeah. So there's those two aspects. So, I'm, so in giving up, sometimes there's an element of letting go, meaning like when you tried everything you could try and there's really nothing, nothing else you could do, you would leave it as as giving up. And sometimes doing that might bring you to a place of peace. We're like, okay, that's where I'm at, you know, and. And I think when you realize that it's also a place where you can find maybe contentment there, like after your, um, um, 
you've given up. But it's, it's, I think it's hard because it has both that, that positive aspect of letting go and a negative aspect of not trying hard enough, not not also knowing your potential sometimes, you know, in at work or, you know, in the way you deal with your friends or... Yeah, I think I think it's interesting, right? I mean, we are going to semantics here, giving up and letting go. Mm-hmm. Giving up sounds like the ball is not in your court. I mean, it's more determined by something external. Um, you know, whereas letting go puts you in a position where you actually had that choice to um, make that decision. I don't know, but that's just how I, I understand these two concepts. No, well, sometimes letting, letting go and making the decision to let go provides a very different feeling, right? Because there's self-empowerment. It's a choice. That's right. Yeah. Empowerment. Yeah, and, and letting go does not mean that you've actually like given up, given up in the sense that, that uh, it's a very more. It's more disempowering. It's more disempowering. Yeah. 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 But Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Nico. Yeah. But I think it's still interesting in the sense but sometimes life is disempowering in a sense, like when you have no no sense of control. I don't know, yeah. Like there's situations that are just overwhelming, um, and some people will see that meaning like no, there's nothing, you, no one could do something about it that would be helpful. Like for instance, when facing uh, maybe some certain hardship, like or mm-hmm. difficult diagnosis, or mm-hmm. there's things that we just don't. We just cannot, they're unmanageable, literally. You cannot, yeah. you know, get a handle on it. And, um, and I'm more, and, and it's, I don't know, I feel there's, um, like it's a hard thing to negotiate. Like, wh- where should you, like, is that possible to just give up, to just or let go without a sense of like giving up sometime? Yeah, I mean, let's go with the like, idea of it. Because it's not easy to let illness. go, right? So um, it's in a sense, like, I think it's hard to let go. Yeah, I mean, just you were like, talking I mean, about that. Do we let go sometimes without feeling that we're giving up? That's, I guess that's the question I'm asking. I'm wondering, is it even possible to really genuinely feel, oh, I'm just letting go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I see clearly that there's nothing I can do. Or I think there's always that, that flavor of like, I'm failing a bit. Mm. Like, you know, I don't have a choice. There's already, mm. I feel we have to be pushed there sometimes, okay. no? What do you guys think? Emery? Yeah. So I was trying to say that you talked about, say, having an illness or maybe, you know, like a like a chronic disease, say, you're, you're trying to fight, right? And giving up would, would be saying, okay, I don't want to have any more of these treatments. I'm done with it. Okay. I, I just, I resign. But letting go could be this idea of, you know, letting go of expectations and just really going with the flow and see how it pans out. But you're not really giving up. We're, we're trying maybe with the, with the treatment, right? But we're letting go of expectations. We're letting go of, you know, being in control of what's going to happen next. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I, I don't see it as um, like, you know, mutually exclusive. I think, you know, you can, um, you know, let go of expectations and yet not be giving up on, on something, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh. Sean, what do you think? Um, no, I, I, I see, I mean, I think I, that my overall sense, I mean, the overall opinion that I take is, um, I like to feel self-empowered. 
mm-hmm. I think. And when I when I make a decision, sometimes uh, might not be like the happiest kind of decision, <laughs> you know. But when I make something, uh, and I know that I can make the choice, I did make the choice, and knowingly made the choice. Uh, that gives me a sense of peace. That gives me a sense of contentment. Uh, no matter whether it's choosing to give up, letting go, or moving ahead with something, and I think that that feeling of self empowerment is is very important. Gives me clarity. Gives me a peace of mind. Um, just overall being happier. I would I would say, yeah. Um, let's look at one final comment uh, from, from Gabe and says, I've been trying to be happy in my job for 18 years where happiness were promotions and whatnot. I recently decided to shift focus to me and I felt contentment where the only person I needed to please was myself. And truth be told, uh, it was a sense of peace. Right? And I think that sometimes when so much of our work centers on what we can do for someone else. We many learning to cope with the expectations of everyone around us. And, you know, always, mm-hmm. if, if you are not ambitious in some way, people say that, ah, you know, you're just slack, right? Which is not, not a nice connotation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just learning to understand yourself, learning to appreciate yourself. Uh, and do something for yourself, mm. right? And that, that comes to the, the point of what is important to you. Mm. Yeah, it's always, yeah, like what's important to somebody else and how you can fulfill that need, right? But I don't think we spend a lot of time asking ourselves what's important to us. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel maybe we should. Because there are empowerment there. So to me, what, what I'm seeing in that experience is really that sense of like, it's instead of following like outside standards in terms of how you should, what you should do, how you should perform, what's good for yourself. You know, you've been you've been you work in an industry for some time. You get a pretty good sense of what good job is, and you don't need at some point outside pressure to you know outside people or outside structure to. Um, set pressure on you and set standards on you. And I think there's there's empowerment there when you reach a place where you like actually become clear of your values and your standards. Mm-hmm. And you're like, these are my standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what they are good standards mm-hmm. and I'm meeting them. And so you, you really don't, and whatever others might be saying about how you perform then will become uh, largely irrelevant in a sense. Okay. Of course, you can still get input from people you trust and so on, you know. If you feel that there's a need to, but in terms of like background, culture, or like expectations, I think you disconnect yourself from that, and you're like, you know, no, I can, I can, I can set my own my own standards for myself. Okay, nice. So let's go on to a more personal question. I would say, um, if if you were to do some like on the spot reflection, um, what would you feel are some things you need to be more at peace with yourself? Emery, you want to go first? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think just, just really learning to be okay with saying no. 
mm-hmm. and be okay with, you know, self-care. And yeah, just continuing to show up and give my 100%. And at the same time, you know, um, remembering to take breaks. I mean, it sounds really simple, but I think sometimes, you know, in, in the midst of um, trying to do your best, you forget the simple things, like even taking a breath. Sometimes I notice myself in the middle of the day just holding my breath because I've been so busy or like I realize I haven't had my water, you know, mm-hmm. something simple like that, I, I forget. And so it's just really remembering to, you know, slow down a little bit, remember these little things, right? No, it's okay. Um, yeah, so that I can at the end of the day tell myself, hey, you know what? I had um, got my own back today. No matter how busy it was, you know, at least I still had me. So good on me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nico. Uh, what's some things you need to do to, or you feel you need to do to be more at peace with yourself? Yeah. Um, I think just um, giving myself more attention. Like in a sense, you know, having moments where I remind myself instead of having my attention focused like outwards, just cause, you know, just screen time, you know, <laughs> whether it's like scrolling my or Instagram or like, you know, uh, doing, working on Excel spreadsheets or whatever that might look like. Uh, having moments of pause when I'm like remind myself to just check how I, f- how am I feeling? <laughs> like, and I can go from like, look emotionally or like does that to, just physically, what, what, what is my posture like? Because sometimes I'll be sitting at a computer and don't realize I have pain because I have my you know, legs in weird position until like two hours have passed. Just ridiculous things, you know, <laughs> like we should be paying attention to, or at least I should be paying attention to. Just checking those and even more long-term stuff, like does that work still make sense? We discuss it, like, you know, uh, what, what kind of standards am I working at? Are they okay? Do, I need, do they need to be improved? Um, so that aspect of just checking with myself and also when I'm with others in the sense like, oh, that person pisses me off. That person is awesome. That person, you know, when I'm, I do that, I have those strong emotions, just check with myself. Like, why, why am I pissed off? How do I feel? And, and, um, um, and I feel that's, that's helpful. Yeah. But it's hard to do. It's, it's yeah. really, just really remind us. <laughs> it's just, and it's just endless. It's, it's, Yeah. Yeah. I just think about what you said, Nico, and I was thinking about the Maslow's hierarchy and I was like, man, I just, I just even have to get, you know, I'm just looking at a basic needs part because <laughs> sometimes when you're so busy, you know, you're not even there and it's really hard to then yeah. go up to this whole idea of yeah, emotional stuff or like self-actualization. <laughs> yeah. I'm still at basic needs for self-care. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I think for myself, um, it's largely about making it a point to ask myself what's, what are my own needs, what's important to me. Um, it's, I think it's relatively easy for me to think of other people. Uh, it's relatively easy for me to think that I work and I do a lot of things for someone. Um, but it's just more difficult to ask myself the question, right? What do I really want? And after... Mm. 30 plus years, you kind of realize that, hey, I actually don't really know what I want anymore. Uh, uh, it's more all sleep, like, Sean, more sleep. Right? Mostly, mostly don't more really sleep. know. More sleep. 
more sleep for me. More yeah, sleep. You, oh, you yeah. mean sleep helps? Is, it, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, basic needs. Okay. Guys. Yeah, yeah, you know? uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I suppose fair enough. Yeah. One no, of we don't the very. Uh, it's it's yeah. time wasted. <laughs> yeah, right. last, last time my friends told me sleep is for the weak. <laughs> and uh, right. when I right. when I spoke to. <laughs> I went one of, I was talking to one of the very successful professional speakers and, you know, he says, you know, at sometimes when I'm really, really stressed and I don't really know what to do and I'm so tired, I'm exhausted, but yet I have to get things done. Uh, I just go to sleep. And when I wake up with a clearer mind, he said, you'll be surprised at what you can do when you have a clear, a clear okay. mind and you feel recharged, right? Your, your productivity, your pace of work, it's so much better. You're so much more focused. And I was like, ah, okay. So sleeping is actually not just for the week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as Shaifu says, uh, he plays online games uh, and then he'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I play, yeah, yeah, I play games uh, I, and I feel okay as long as I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, guys, uh, we've, we've spoken for about an hour. So I think... Um, Let's end this off with one final question. Uh, it's a very common question that we, at least I ask a lot of my clients and we, we ask this question a lot when we talk about uh, self-love and self-care programs. And what are, what's something you can be grateful for? What are you grateful for in your life? All right. Is it me first? I'll go first. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm so glad. I think I'm I'm most grateful that for whatever I'm going through or have been through, um, I'm I'm in the position to be able to make a difference in for someone else. Right. Some days I might feel really really tired. Some days. I might feel exhausted. Not every day is a good day, but whether it is my work with in mental health, whether it's my work in the pharmacy, whether it's my work in um, Shopa, which is you know, our retail startup in Vietnam. Um, and now also considering, you know, whether it is me taking care of myself, I'm actually in the position to be able to do that. I actually have the choice. Um, and I think I need to to make that choice, right? To to take care more of, of myself. Uh, and I'm grateful that I'm in the position to be able to do that. Yeah. So that's that's very nice and very comforting for me. Who wants to go next? I yeah, I go. Um, All right, Nico. Even though I don't have no, the thing that came to mind is that. Um, um I'm grateful that um I don't know I I'm grateful that there's those moments where I can be grateful <laughs> like Very meta. I don't know how to say that but but there's those moments that sometimes you know like maybe you might be walking somewhere or you'll be with friends or or you're you know you be in nature or you're doing your favorite spot whatever that might look like and while you're doing those activities, there are those moments where you actually realize that, hey, that's that's actually great. <laughs> you know, you kind of look around and it's like, 
yeah, I'm glad I'm here. Um, so th those moments, I, I, I wish I had more of them. But but I, I'm grateful for the fact that they can they, they exist. Yeah, those moments of um, contentment, maybe um, a gratefulness. Nice. Um, but that's what came up first. But of course, yeah, I'm grateful for the fact that you know. In terms of material circumstances, it's I'm okay. You know, mm. that's 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 already a lot. So yeah, and, and I think that's yeah. that's what a lot of other people would wish for as well, right? So it's important that we recognize what we have uh, and be be grateful for that, right? Uh, Emery, what what are some things you're grateful for? Um, definitely my friends and family. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you guys are listening, thank you and. <laughs> I am very grateful that I'm in a position to give. I think that's that's really one thing I, I yeah. wake up to every day and feel really grateful for. Because to be able to give, I think, is you know, um yeah, I feel I feel like it's it's really a privilege to be able to do that. Um yeah, and I know a lot of people are really struggling um, you know, in, in this uh current sort of climate and you know to be able to to sort of show up for work, right? I think it's it's really it's it's really something, right? I'm really grateful that you know at least um, I'm still able to help people. I'm still able to give, right? I don't have to you know worry too much about um, you know um, some of these things, right? That others might be be struggling with. So I mean. Yeah, I think every day being able to to work is, is really just something I'm really grateful for. Mm. Nice, thank you. Uh, and we are grateful for everyone who is here joining us. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's a, I, I say it's a privilege for us to be here and, and have this conversation and chat with all of you. Thank you for everyone who has left a comment. Gabe, uh, he says he's grateful for everyone here in this chat. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Cynthia you. says, find me. Uh, awesome. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Chai Fu, for all your comments. Uh, so our topic this week was on self-love. Um, next week, I think we're going to carry on the topic of love, but this time we are going on to a different kind of love. Uh, it's, mm, I wonder what. I wonder what. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, hey, Kevin, thanks for joining us. Um, next week, we are going to, not, next week or two weeks later, Two weeks later, we are going to talk about romantic love, relationships kind of love, right? Maybe not just romantic, right? But in terms of, of interpersonal kinds of love. Uh, Lena is here as well. Hi, Lena. Oh, you're all joining at the time when we are concluding. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. It's been a pleasure having this conversation. And we'll see you in two weeks' time. Don't forget to follow our page on YouTube. Don't forget to follow our page on, uh, it's called On The Inside Podcast. Uh, you might see this on my personal page right now, uh, but we are eventually going to shift it only to the uh, On The Inside Podcast. All right, so I'll leave uh, the name of the podcast or a link when this is over. Uh, please join us and follow us. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a good evening. Have a good morning. Have a good afternoon, wherever you are. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>